G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Turning our attention today to what might be choosing from A or choosing from B. And maybe there could be a C and a D in there as well. Sounds confusing to you? Well, let's talk about one of the latest articles written by Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, who uses the Chinese dining menu as an example of the way that we sometimes conduct our choices as to what we think are priorities in our Christian walk. Bill Muhlenberg's back with us today. Hi, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you again, Neil. Okay, Bill, take us to the Chinese menu. Was this inspired by an outing with your wife? Well, well, I I guess I do need to explain. Uh, Mind you, as I say in my piece, it's actually you and me, uh, we might understand. It kind of goes back a ways. I'm not sure if they still do it, but uh, I recall years ago at least, you'd walk into a Chinese restaurant, often on the menu, it would say something like, you know, Choose a few items from column A, choose a few items from column B, and, you know, you can mix and match, you can do a bit of each, you had some options there, so I thought, well, given that I'm getting a lot of people who sometimes give us false dilemmas in the Christian life, I thought this would be a good illustration to run with. And, uh, of course, the uh, false dilemma, which is the idea you're forced to either choose A or B, when actually sometimes it's quite good to choose both, uh, comes up uh, quite often, I find, say, in the social media or elsewhere. That is, a Christian will come along and say, oh, you're all into these freedom convoys and government mandates, and, you know, why are you doing that? Shouldn't our priority as Christians be to preach the gospel, to evangelize, and they almost make it as if, right, it's it's one or the other. You either evangelize or you be salt and light. And I always have to come back and say, oh, wait a minute, why can't it be both? Why can't we both evangelize and deal with some of these social issues as well? Why does it have to be an either-or situation? Yes, and that thought, we've got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We could apply this to lots of issues, couldn't we, Bill? Mm. Uh, Do we help the poor? Are we welfare-oriented? Or do we just go and preach the gospel and look for converts? Or even what we're talking about now in the lead-up to the next federal election. Some people are saying, well, Christians don't grubby their hands by getting involved in politics. Uh, We're called to evangelize. Or you might even get the other person who says, we're called to care for the poor. So, yes, there's these sorts of things rise frequently, don't they? Well, they do all the time, actually. As I say, I see it all the time on the social media. I get critics often telling me these very things. And uh, as you say, as I say, uh, I'm, I'm failing to see why we have to be forced into this false dilemma when it really is a case of, well, you can do a bunch of things at the same time. Why not 
look after the poor? Why not be salt and light? Why not get involved in the political arena? And why not also at the same time share your faith, be be an evangelist, uh, do some gospel preaching? Uh, I just think it's so odd that some Christians have this idea that we're being forced to choose one or the other. The Bible nowhere makes us uh, choose one or the other. It, it commands both. Go out and preach the gospel. Go out and be salt and light. So, uh, sure, we each have our own individual giftings and callings. Some people might have a, a gifting of an evangelist, and they do that full-time. Others might be uh, called to mercy ministries, helping the poor, setting up soup kitchens. Others might be called to a career in politics to let their Christian faith make a difference. So in a sense, everybody has individual callings, but this idea that the church as a whole uh, has to just pick one emphasis and ignore all the others, I just find that to be such an unhelpful way to go. A certain level of humility might lead us to honour the gift that another has, and sometimes we want to prioritise these gifts. Uh, my gifting's more important than your gifting, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a certain humility required, Bill. Oh, there is, and uh, I think you've nailed it in terms of it's pride that says my emphasis or my calling or my talent or my gifting is so far superior to yours. I mean, that's not humility, that's arrogance. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians, right, talks about the body of Christ is made up of many members. We need each other. Uh, I can't say I have no need of the foot and so on. The evangelist can't say I have no need of the theologian or the pastor teacher or the one who's involved in apologetics, or the one who's working with AIDS victims. Guess what? The body of Christ needs all of these people. All together, they reflect the fullness of who God is and what's on his heart for a broken and needy world. So yeah, if you get people insisting that it's their way or the highway, well, they might have some pride issues they actually need to deal with. We bring this down to our personal and even our local church level here, Bill, because a lot of local churches have a particular emphasis. And uh, when we're getting involved in the vision of our local church, uh, we go along with that emphasis and sometimes to the detriment of some other things that might be useful and necessary in our own community. So in some sense, churches need to be multidimensional, multifaceted in that sense. Yeah, well, again, it's it's both the body as a whole and individual churches. Uh, again, on the one hand, an uh, individual church might have a kind of strong calling to say working with the poor. So Christians who join that church would or should know, you know, this is kind of their emphasis. They may not be big on whatever, apologetics or other sorts of issues that are equally important. So as long as uh, churches, individuals are aware that maybe this is our say, main emphasis, but we certainly don't knock or decry what other churches, what other individuals are doing, well, that's fine. The problem is when, of course, Christians come along and say, you're wasting your time and whatever, uh, going to the freedom marches and standing up for religious freedom, joining groups like the ACL or whatever, that's a waste of time. Well, 
Uh, no, it's not. It's actually some people are called to do just that, and we need to have the uh, humility and the honor of others to say, look, there's room in God's house for all kinds of ministries, all kinds of works, and it's not a matter of saying only one can be run with. In your latest article, you have a wonderful little analogy in there uh, where you make a comparison between you must either like chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream. I think I might join the bandwagon that says uh, any ice cream will do me thanks as long as it's ice cream. <laughs> yes, well, that was one of a number of, uh, you know, just kind of a silly examples Uh you know, should I be a good husband or a good parent? Well, why not both? Should I prefer chocolate chip cookies or uh, sugar cookies, whatever? Well, why not both? That's obvious areas where we can and should do both. And then I went on to say there's some areas, well, yeah, we do have a stark choice. Some things we cannot do both. For example, you either love the Lord or you love the world right there. It's one or the other. You must decide. You can't do both. Uh, you know, if Islam is perfectly true and what it affirms, well, then guess what? Christianity cannot be perfectly true and what it affirms. So again, there you must choose one or the other. But when it comes to so many areas in the Christian life, well, there there is room to move. And the example I always give in this regard, of course, goes back to uh, the great English Christian parliamentarian abolitionist social reformer, of course, William Wilberforce. He would have had the same flack that Christians get today, right? Christians back then said, Wilby, old boy, uh, why don't you just preach the gospel? Why don't you deal with what's important, right? Evangelism, that's what you should be doing. Why are you wasting your time on all these secondary issues? Well, thankfully, Wilberforce ignored those uh, uh, armchair critics. He knew that he could do both. He could share Christian truth, which he did all the time, but he could also work to free the slaves, to end the slave trade. And of course, today, millions of blacks the world over would say, thank you, Wilberforce, for ignoring the critics and doing what made perfect biblical sense, doing both, sharing biblical truth and working to end the slave trade. Well, evangelism or discipleship, the front wheels of a car or the rear, subjective knowledge or objective knowledge, faith or obedience, uh, lots of very, very interesting issues. If something strikes a chord in this conversation today uh, with some listeners, uh, what would you say, Bill, about how you might adjust yourself to embrace more than one dimension and be able to focus on what God is doing across a whole lot of different facets of what's going on in your church and in your local community. Yeah, well, as I say so often, we need to keep trying to find the biblical balance. We can always go off on extremes. We can always, always go off on tangents. But we need to take Scripture in its fullness. And that uh, quote or part of a quote you actually just mentioned uh, coming from D.A. Carson uh, it's actually it's quite a strong quote if you keep reading it. He uh, wrote a book uh, almost 20 years ago now on something called the Emerging Church Movement. Some of you might have heard of the Emerging Church. It's had plenty of critics, and I think rightly so. 
because over and over again in the emerging church movement, you did have these false antitheses. You had these false dilemmas, right? They will say, well, you got to pick. Do we follow rules and regulations to be a good Christian, or do you just love the Lord? Well, as Carson and others rightly say, well, that's foolish. We can do both, and we should do both. Time and time again, Jesus, for example, said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He didn't say, all right, guys, pick and choose, either love me or keep my commandments. He brought them together. So there's a lot of uh, dodgy uh, false antitheses in the emerging church movement, and we still find that today in churches. So I think Carson is quite right to call that out. Away with these foolish, unbiblical antitheses. Let's get biblical. Let's have the biblical balance. When there's room to move, when we can embrace more than one calling or emphasis or trajectory, well, let's do it and let's not judge others who might have other callings or talents. Well, Bill Muhlenberg, always good getting your wise insights. I'll point people to the article we're talking about today, one you wrote through the week called Choose One from Column A and One from Column B. And listeners will be able to find that at BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.